Hey everyone, it's Stephanie from True Crime Anonymous. I just want to tell you about this app called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it is everything you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. True Crime Anonymous may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Anonymous. Today's case is about a girl named Danielle Locklear. She was born on July 10th, 1998. And at the time of this crime, she was living in Fayetteville, North Carolina with her aunt and grandparents. Her mother was kind of like working through a divorce and Danielle decided that she was going to go with her grandma for just originally for the warmer summer months, but uh, ended up enrolling in school down with the grandma so she stayed there and she was a new kid for like five minutes she was one of those people who could talk to anyone and fit in with any group that she went around she would literally fit in with the jocks or Uh, the popular girls or whatever cliques that they have going on in school she would fit in with anyone she was pleasant she had such a beautiful smile and like any teenager nowadays she really loved social media she was all over Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and she loved to watch YouTube. She loved to film herself. She loved watching and doing those random challenges. I really hope it didn't include like the Tide Pod challenge because that was a little weird, strange, dangerous, all of the above. But kids will be kids and she just, you know, loved social media. She loved it. And she was an obedient student, straight A's. I mean, everyone loved Danielle. When she was the the new kid for about 10 minutes, one girl said that she was kind of like afraid to even approach her and say hello because she was so beautiful. And sometimes when people are so beautiful, sometimes they can be really stuck up. So I can imagine you know, that would be true. And in 2013, in her new school year, she also meets a boy named Jamaico. And 
they became boyfriend and girlfriend and she was head over heels for this guy and her aunt Sheena really kept an eye on her and you know I can imagine because she was pretty much stepped in the role of mom and you know um, she's Danielle's growing up and all of a sudden she has a boyfriend and she's she was a freshman in high school and her boyfriend was actually a senior so he was a lot older than she was so Sheena really felt like she had to keep that Hawkeye on her and they were known as like the cute couple senior and freshman and she invited him to her first dance and she got a pair of high heels and she was prancing around in sparkly high heels in front of her aunt Sheena and Sheena was just like oh my god like you're growing up way too fast I can't believe this oh my goodness you were really just maturing and you know she went to the dance she had a great time and she was you know a good girl and she went to the dance she came home everything was good you know her the family liked Jamichael they you know um, they were in a church group together with the family so they knew the family they kind of knew him and he was just a, a quiet kid and well quiet around um, Sheena anyway the aunt because she was kind of like the mom and you know when you're like a new couple and you go to the parents house you're always like quiet you're always quiet I remember being quiet around my boyfriend's parents at first and I was for a long time after that so I can see you know why they would say he was quiet um, so at least around around Sheena she said that he was quiet as time went on Danielle kind of was getting jealous of the other person in Jamichael's life and it wasn't another girl but it was his best friend Damien and she was just she did not like when he spent time with him she was jealous and it actually ended up leading to them breaking up and they were known to break up and get back together again and break up and get back together again typical high school relationship but um, they were broken up and in March in early March Sheena, her aunt, uh, Danielle's aunt, and the grandmother had to go away, and it was just Danielle and her grandpa, and it, you know, it was just like a normal day, it was March 11th, I believe, and, you know, Danielle texts Sheena, and she's like, it's just me and Papa, we're gonna have dinner, I love you. And apparently after that, she asks her grandfather if she could drop off a folder to a friend a few doors down. 
and it was late at this point it was like 10 o'clock at night and he was like whatever fine I guess so just drop the folder off and come right back and she is like fine you know I'll I'm, I'm just gonna drop it off and I'll be right back and Sheena from you know a state away is saying at the around this time she had a really bad feeling in her stomach and as a mom I know what that feeling is like I can sense something bad happening even though I have no idea that something bad is actually happening or going to happen I kind of I have that ability or whatever you want to call that um but I totally got that when she had said that she got a, she had a bad feeling even though she didn't even know anything was going on. And Danielle, after leaving, never comes home. So after a while, when Danielle doesn't return, Obviously, the grandfather's getting really nervous, and he calls Sheena, and is like, listen, Danielle never came home. I don't know where she is. She said she was just going to drop off a folder down the street, and she has not come home. And she's like, well, did you call the police? Did you file a missing persons report? What's going on? And he had not filed a report at that time because he thought that you had to wait 24 hours to file a missing persons report. And usually that that's how it is. You have to wait 24 to 48 hours to file a missing persons report, which I think is so stupid because the first 24 to 48 hours is so unbelievably critical after someone goes missing. Those are the times where you are going you could save somebody from being killed or a, you know a, just going across the country. Those first 24 hours or 48 hours are so critical and I really really hate when I hear this in a crime story that the police said no we can't we can't do it we have to you know wait the 24 hours or wait 48 hours I hate it my stomach drops every time I hear it in a story because it never ends well especially when they say that it's just it doesn't make any sense and I as police I just figured like they would know these things but I get it because it would really give them a lot more police work if everyone filed a missing persons report and you know a lot of the times the people do come back but for the people that don't come back waiting those one or two days could have save their lives if you didn't wait but anyway rant over so he's like no I didn't call but I'm I'm gonna call right now and that's what they said you gotta wait the 24 hours um 
but she had no reason to run away. So Sheena, the grandmother, they immediately come back. And the ride home was so stressful. There's so many things running through their minds. They didn't understand. Like she was such a great girl. She was happy. She had a boyfriend. Well, she didn't have a boyfriend at the time, but she was just such a good girl. And they didn't understand where she would be. What would? Why would she run away if she did? And when they got back, they called everyone. They called everybody they could think of, including her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend. And they didn't even know that they had broken up. So he had told them, Jermichael had told Sheena over the phone that they were broken up. He was kind of talking to another girl and he hadn't seen her in days. And so Sheena kind of has a little light bulb moment because she's not really waiting for the police at this point she's doing her own little investigation and she remembers one day Danielle actually did skip school and she had come running home out of breath like laughing and she's like where did you just come from and she's like I came from the creek she's like I don't ever want you going back to this place it's dangerous you know, I don't know where it is. You you shouldn't be skipping school. What are you doing? She's don't worry. I'll never go back there. And so she's walking when she's thinking about this. And she sees a kid on a dirt bike. And she's like, hey, do you know where this creek place is? He's like, yeah. Yep, I do. And he leads her to the creek. So they stop and, you know, they hop off the bike and the the kid points to the ground and he's like, look. And in the ground, she looks to the ground and her heart just kind of sinks and she has that bad feeling all over again. It says, scratched into the dirt, the word help. And it it's not just like it's actually like pretty deep like someone it took someone a little bit to do this it wasn't just not noticeable it was big capital all capital letters noticeable and it said help and she's really nervous sheen is really nervous at this point she's like oh my god so they keep walking to the creek, to this secret place that is just like a teenager hangout. And she saw a fire and she recognized a towel from her home. And she saw a sock when she was leaving rolled into a ball. And it was one of those fuzzy socks you wear at bedtime or when it's cold. They're just nice, cozy, fuzzy socks. I don't know how else to explain them, but... And she knew 
that she had bought Danielle those specific pair of socks. There was only one, and she picked it up and brought it to the police. She needed to tell them, listen, these are some crazy, scary things, and we're not going to wait this 24 hours. I did some digging of my own, and I found some some stuff, and we're going to investigate this now. I'm not waiting this 24 hours. And they, di- they discover that Danielle's social media is also gone. Her Facebook's gone. Twitter, gone. Instagram, gone. Uh, Snapchat gone no activity at all and Danielle was a social media queen she was always on her phone always on social media and that was another red flag because what kid nowadays is not on social media all the time some form of social media there are so many platforms that kids use nowadays, but there was nothing, literally nothing. So they also find out that Danielle had been hanging out with some different type of kids lately. They quote bad kids. And Gina was like, do we even know her? And these pictures surface of her cuddling with this kid at the at the creek and um, all these stories are surfacing because these are high school kids and that's what they do they they talk there's literally so many stories and you know she's in these pictures Danielle's in these pictures and there's also other kids in the pictures and it turns out there's like four other kids and one of them was Caroline which was like her best friend who basically introduced her to the creek Um, but she said this day she was at the creek before her and she's like come on hurry up it's so fun we're all celebrating the first day of spring come on just like get out here and so caroline ended up coming and there was another kid and his name was angel and apparently she had been seen making out and cuddling at the creek with this guy he had a girlfriend but um, Danielle was single so she figured hey she could make out with this dude at the creek and police are they want to question Angel and he basically denies being at the creek he denies knowing her and they knew that he was lying 
but they don't have anything to hold him on or whatever so they let him go they're looking at the family too they don't they don't just get a pass because you know this happened to them they are looking at the family hard as well missing girl posters go up news channels are going crazy over this story you know danielle's mother just kind of is like you know every day stares at the door waiting for her to come home so she can yell at her for causing all this all these problems and the fbi comes and they have a huge command post set up and angel finally tells the truth he says he last saw her at 2 30 that day and she was headed towards home and he had practice after school then he spent time with his family and his alibi checks out you know they look into it it's it's good he's good for whatever reason that he lied i they don't really know but they kind of run out of leads at that point and so they seize the family's computers and cell phones and they're asking the grandfather questions he was the one the last one to see her alive maybe he was the one who said okay you're you can go and he had such guilt that he let her leave that late at night and they actually said things seemed odd you know 10 p.m was too late to let her out he said he was uh the grandfather said that he was playing video games and he really didn't realize how late it was and the detective said that this was the only time in his whole career that he got such bad vibes that he excused himself to go outside and call his supervisor he said there's something wrong here and whatever it was they didn't know so they wanted grandpa to take a polygraph and you know the grandfather like i said he had so much guilt and he was just like why why did this happen how how could i let her out he's so many questions and grandpa passes the polygraph everything's good and so now they want to question Jamichael, her ex-boyfriend and like i had said earlier danielle met him at a church youth camp uh, when she was 14 and that was her first love and he played varsity soccer and he wanted to be a marine he had a plan for his life and he was driven and danielle's family kind of 
liked that. They liked that he had a vision for what he wanted to do and be when he was an adult. And they thought that Danielle needed that stability. And, you know, Danielle kind of wanted a family. And and she had this plan of them being married and having little kids running around. And she would... Like write her name and his name and with her with his last name on her first name and it was just really cute. You know, the first love thing, it's cute. But he was questioned and he said he wanted to find her. He said he thought he said that she thought she was a burden to her grandma so maybe she ran away or um, she was stressed out because she didn't like fourth period and said uh, he said that she was depressed and she tried to commit suicide twice and that he hadn't seen her in days he was home studying he was home studying with his best friend Dominic for the SATs and they took Jamichael's cell phone and the GPS said that he was home and his you know they they asked his friend and um, Jamichael had lived a half an hour away with no car and he was also worried and concerned so this guy ends up looking okay he doesn't seem like he's hiding anything his alibi is checking out so he is cleared for now so because this is high this involves high school kids rumors are flying at school stories all leading to things that happened at the creek and all of these news stories lead to a new suspect named Derek. And they they thought Derek was a little weird at first. Um, he was not really in school because he got in trouble. And he was big and bulky and people <laughs> were kind of afraid of him. I thought that was a word, a strange word to describe somebody was bulky. My friend is bulky. And because he is bulky, people are afraid of him. <laughs> I just thought that was weird. Um, a weird word to describe somebody. But yeah, he was big and bulky. People were kind of afraid of him. Um, and he was apparently also trying to date Danielle. And there was actually a rumor that she didn't want to date him, so he cut her, sliced her neck, and threw her in the creek. And there was just so many rumors. So they bring him in for questioning. And he actually claims that he never knew her. He said he only knew, like, her basic information. You know, that she was a female. She was you know, her hair color, her feet, you know, her features, only because of everything that had been said on the news. And 
he said that he had noticed her on Facebook and said that she was beautiful, but he thought she was a goody-goody and a snitch, and that he was like the founder of the creek, but he didn't go the night that she disappeared. He was on his computer and watching TV, like watching Netflix, and his dad was home for a little bit, but then he went, then he left for a pool tournament, and they asked if, you know, well, are we going to be able to, you know, find, are we able, are we going to be able to prove your alibi, and he's like, well, um, you're not going to be able to find my history on my computer because I delete my computer history um, because I want to be protected from hackers because I had been, my Facebook had been hacked before and, you know, they just, they were like, well, when did your dad come back? And he was like, my dad came back between like 12 and 1, so he really had no alibi um but they had new evidence there was actually a, a discovery at Derek's house they found shovels with blood on them they also find a burn pit with a long knife and like I said shovels with blood and uh, Danielle's phone at 10.40 p.m. was pinging on I-95. The last ping on 95 um, was, was within the area of Derek's house. And he, just told, he still was telling Detective um, that he never, never saw her. But... They tested the blood on the shovels. Like, they, detectives at this point were getting really excited. Like, okay, you know, we might be able to close this case or something. But they tested the blood on the shovels and it was negative. And they talked to Derek's girlfriend and she was like, listen, he, he's got no way of getting to her. Um, he's got no car, he, and Danielle's best friend Caroline was like, he's just a misunderstood kid. He's a, he's actually a good kid. He's soft-hearted. He's always there for people. Um, but there was no electronic trail for Derek because he had deleted his history and all that. And so all they had now was the sock and the ping on 95. And the ping on 95 on with her cell phone was like going really fast. So it looked like she was in a car. And people were like, okay, you know, should we hide? Should we? like be hiding our kids because they thought someone had like come came into the area and grabbed her 
and just hopped on the highway and you know just ran off with her this last ping was also um, near an RV park and they searched that RV park up and down they searched the entire property but with no nothing turned up in that search at all which is heartbreaking you know I can imagine I can't imagine just the, the strings that would be pulled on my heart I just I just can't imagine going through this and at this point she's missing for two weeks and Sheena is just getting bad bad feelings and the mother's like I am not leaving until until we find her and then detectives get a phone call saying that um, Danielle was seen alive on camera and they did like everyone's like oh my god oh my goodness she's alive and detectives go and look at this footage and it's actually not her and this is this is catching you know the eye of of dateline and national news the media was filled the media filled the parking lot of the police station they had regular press conferences on this the police are becoming frustrated because they think they have a lead and then it turns out to be nothing it's like a really 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 high highs in this case and really low lows you know it's just i would have had a heart attack and they actually see her alive on camera at a hospital and they're like oh my god what is she doing at a hospital she's alive but again again it's her but the tapes are from six months ago when she was visiting her grandmother in the hospital and I just can't I, I couldn't go through this. They they even brought in cadaver dogs from England. They brought in over three. I mean, over three hundred people had helps had helped search the creek, including Jim Michael and his family. There were so many people that came out to help. And there were thousands and thousands and thousands of tips coming in. And there were even crazy ones. There was even a lady that kept calling and saying that she had her and that and that she was sick. And, and they're just, it, that, that turned out to be nothing too. So just, it was just some crazy, crazy lady and none of these thousands of tips just turn nothing nothing happens 
And on March 29th, family and friends have a huge balloon release for Danielle. They just... They just were, you know, kind of giving up hope almost. Not maybe giving up hope, but just really wanted to get everybody together. They really needed this extra boost in morale and, and support. And Sheena just really feels like giving up. She's just, after the balloon release, she just really, really feels like giving up. And then, a detective is driving back roads, and he's wearing these polarized fishing glasses. And something in the water didn't look right from up on the bridge, and he actually calls dispatch. And a deputy comes, and they see something in the water with dark hair and they get on the phone and police come from two counties and police took one look at the body and the clothes that this person was wearing and they knew it was Danielle and local news gets report of this gets word of this right away and reports on it right away and that's actually how the aunt and the grandmother found out they found out through watching breaking news on the tv and the aunt is driving frantically to the river and there was a like a roadblock and she couldn't get in and she's just like oh my god so she gets a hotel and the police, a female police officer comes to the hotel and she, um, she answers the door and she's like, listen, you know, I know you can't say anything right now, but I know you found a body and just, if, if it is her, just look me in my eyes and let me know. You don't even have to say anything, just look me in my eyes. And she looked her in the eyes and she said nothing and Sheena knew right then and there and she couldn't sleep that night she said she could literally count every crack in that ceiling because she was just up all night and she's like oh my god is this real like do I actually have to plan a funeral this can't be happening no no, this is not real. I don't... I, I, it, it took her a while to get a grip on reality and figure out that this, in fact, was real. They did find her dumped in a river tied to cinder blocks with rope. And police scour this river they are underwater for like a month they really did a really thorough investigation and they find 
cinder blocks, um, bright yellow rope. They find shotgun shells and the cause of death, death comes back and it's actually strangulation. She died um, because someone had choked her and in the mouth of Danielle was actually the other furry fuzzy sock rolled up and shoved down her throat. The same sock that they found at the creek, they found the other one shoved down her throat. So this started at the creek and ends 30 minutes from the creek to the river. And the body being found made obviously makes its way through the rumor mill at the high school and the grandfather is just plagued by guilt like he was the one who let her leave and the family starts the the mourning process and the body of Danielle was basically found in the backyard of Jamichael's house. He was there through everything. You know, everything. The searches, the balloon release. He was there for the family. He was there for the friends. But the aunt said that she had taken a picture of Jamichael when he was at the balloon release because everybody was like in circles talking to each other and he was just staring at the ground with you know his arms crossed looking at the ground almost like he had a lot of guilt or he had something that he needed to say but couldn't and the aunt, he had told the aunt before that she was depressed and that she was going to drown herself in cold water. That's how she was going to, that's how she was going to kill herself. And this was crazy to her because now she's being found next to Jamichael's house drowned in cold water and um, so then they find out that they actually had a pretty bad breakup and he had to block her and she was even texting him from a friend's her friend's phone so she could still text him and she was texting him all these crazy things and she kept texting him and te kept texting him and then he texts her something that says quote come to my house with the way I am feeling right now and I'll shoot you end quote and she just didn't leave him alone and so this could be a crime of passion heat of the moment 
but he had a solid alibi. His his phone was, you know, said that he was home. He cooperated with the police, um, but they and they interviewed him aggressively, and he never buckled. Even like seasoned agents were interviewing him, like ones that were almost re- re- getting ready to retire, and he never broke. But apparently he he failed this polygraph, and the police were really, really trying to get him. They even landed a helicopter at, in the school ball field just to make him sweat. And so they they were like, okay, we need to go to his house and get him. And they came to his house deep. They actually had a little... Um, they get all got together in a parking lot to discuss what was going to happen. And they came with their bulletproof vests on because they, you know, they thought, you know, they, he could have guns or whatever. So they go and they go to the front door. They tell him uh, about the, the body being found and that he needs to go to the station. And he says, okay. And his mom comes with him. And the detective who found Danielle's body questions him. And he had a lawyer present. And he's, he swears, he, he says he didn't kill her. He, and that he wouldn't be that stupid to dispose of her right near his house. He said he wouldn't be that dumb. Like, why would he kill her? And just dump her next to his house. That's so stupid. I'm not that stupid. And while they're questioning him, detectives get their warrant that they needed. And they're searching his house. And they tell him. And then they can see they see him like start thinking. And at his house, they find cinder blocks the same ones that were used to drown Danielle and they find like the grass imprints where two cinder blocks used to be and they find the same kind of rope with the same little rocks all over it because the rope that he had the rope that was used to tie up Danielle and the cinder block and tie her to the cinder block had all of these little pebbles on it and this rope had the same thing. The small yellow rope was at his house. He had the cinder blocks. He had the grass imprints where cinder blocks used to be. And he's like, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance to confess. But he didn't. And now detectives are certain that they got him. And, but they... They actually let him go. And they now need to deconstruct his alibi. And they go and try to question his friend Dominic. But he refuses to answer any questions and gets a lawyer. Now... It's four days later, 
and Jamichael makes a phone call to the police station and says that he's coming in to make a confession. So something happened to him within those four days that changed his mind and he decided that he was going to go in and confess. And so he goes in and he talks about how goes to the police station and he says that Danielle was telling him that she was pregnant and they um, got into a car and went to the creek. They went to talk and she was telling him that she was pregnant and that she attacked him. You know, she was so upset and she was you know, attacking him, and he ends up, he ended up choking her, he blacks out, and when he comes to, she is dead, and they, they're, they want to go load her body in the car, but on the way, you know, while they're carrying her, um, she's making some sort of noises, so Dominic, Dominic is with them, and he shoves a sock in her mouth, because she was making noise, and they throw, when they get in the car, they're driving, and <clears throat> they're driving towards the river, and they throw her phone out on the highway, and they tie her up, and they get to a spot where they think is good, and they throw her over the bridge. So now Jamichael is charged with second-degree murder, and Dominic is charged four days later. Now the family feels so betrayed. You know, they watched he watched them cry he searched with them he seemed so concerned uh, the aunt didn't really believe his story the investigators didn't believe his story the mother didn't believe his story and a month after they all gathered to say goodbye to Danielle they were just so upset that they, they really just couldn't get over the fact that he put her in the trunk and tossed her like she was garbage. The aunt was so overprotective and she kind of wishes that she was more overprotective. You know, that she was more all, more in her business. And he was trying to say that this was like a heat of the moment thing, but he left his cell phone home on purpose. So this was pre, this looks, this was, they were trying to get it to be premeditated. And they, they actually took Jamichael back to the creek 
They have him walk down the dark trail. They tell him to close his eyes. And his eyes start twitching. And he says that he choked her. And choked her and choked her. And he was calm for a long time. And he was just saying that took a long time for him to choke her and he goes and describes everything that he did to her and it really didn't sound like a crime of passion and this was just you know he wanted to be a marine and Danielle was telling him that she was pregnant and a baby just wasn't part of his plan and it looks like he couldn't handle that and he didn't want to be a part of that and he apparently had even told her that you know if she was pregnant that he wasn't going to be with her they were not going to be together but I think that in a normal world that would have been enough but he felt like he had to kill her because the baby wasn't part of his plan and he didn't want to have to deal with that for the rest of his life I guess but you know they at the autopsy they do a pregnancy test and she actually wasn't even pregnant and the cops can't figure out how he is texting people while he's gone killing her at the at the creek but sending texts from his home at the same time and this really puzzled um, detectives and they actually find out that um there's an app you can download that sends texts out at a specific scheduled time. Um, and that's what he was doing. He was sending texts to people through this app. But he set them to go off at a specific time. And that's how he did it. It just... They said that like he was a sociopath. He thought he was actually going to get away with this. So they go to trial, and the prosecution really wanted to go to first-degree murder because he plans all of this. He set his phone to send text messages. You know, he... They really didn't think this was a crime of passion because if he did get crime of passion, that would be manslaughter, and he'd be out in five to seven years. And he actually agreed to a deal and ended up getting second-degree murder, and which means he would serve 25 to 36 years in prison. And Dominic got sentenced six to eight years in prison. And at the Cumberland County Court, Uh, was sentencing 
and Jamichael kind of turned and apologized quickly. Nobody thought it was sincere. It was kind of pointless in my eyes. The mother spoke and other people spoke and it was just really emotional and heartfelt. It was it was just so sad. This whole situation was so sad because he felt that a baby wasn't going to fit into his plan. So he had to kill her even without solid proof that she was actually pregnant. But even if she was pregnant, she didn't deserve to die because that didn't fit into his plan. It's just, it's, she was such a great girl, so beautiful and so nice and such a great student. And she had so many family members that really, really just loved her, genuinely loved her. And in 2017, Danielle's class, graduating class, honored her at graduation. And they gave her mother a shadow box with Danielle's diploma and tassel. And they gave, so she was graduated. She has her own diploma. And, you know, this is the closing of the case. That's it. You know, the, the creek is still there, but no one goes and hangs out there like they used to. It used to be this big spot for kids to go that parents didn't know about, but, you know, nobody goes there anymore. And that is the story of Danielle Locklear. And I hope you enjoyed it. It is super late, it's midnight, I'm tired. I apologize if I didn't do a good job. I really just wanna get out as many stories as I can for you guys right now um, while I develop a following and develop a, you know, get supporters and things like that. So I know quality over quantity, but I am trying to do both. I'm trying to give you quality stories in a large quantity, um, just so you have more stories to enjoy. Hopefully, these are different stories than other crime, uh, true crime podcasts are presenting. I'm trying to get cases that are different, cases that you might not have heard, might, that you might not have heard of, and. I will also be doing famous cases as well, but I just wanted to let you guys know that I love you. I thank you for your support. We now have merch. Um, I will put the link in the description. The sweatshirts are fire. They are so cool. My logo is awesome anyway. I love it. Shameless plug. I made it. Um, but they're super cool. And if you also want to click on the other link in the description, 
on Spotify to support me and become a monthly supporter. I would greatly appreciate it. If you cannot become a monthly supporter, please click follow or like or whatever um, podcasting platform you're listening from. Um, Please just let me know that you are enjoying this. Also find us on Facebook um, at search in the search bar for true crime anonymous find us there Um, i'm working on other forms of social media right now Um, but i will stop ranting for now and i will hear you guys will hear from me very shortly Um, we'll be doing another case probably tomorrow or the next day and on Mondays I'm going to be doing mass murder Mondays so every Monday I will be doing a murder case from Massachusetts because that is where I'm recording from I thought that would be cool mass murder Monday Um, so yeah check out our merch buy some merch we got sweatshirts t-shirts socks all those cool all those cool things so we have that we have social media we have we are on all the major podcasting platforms except apple that's coming soon so yeah have a great night my true crime addicts